I believe in God, but I don't trust him. November 7th, 1971, I was baptized. So I'm over 40 years old in Keene, and I gave my heart to the Lord, and so I'm excited about the baptisms. And, and um, my journey in the last 40, 45 years with Christ has had a lot of valleys, a lot of mountaintops, a lot of neat experiences. But in the late 80s, early 90s, I, I, I did an a intense study of what we call the mystics the 16th, 17th century writers of deeper faith and what it meant to really come to know Christ. And there's a particular scripture in John chapter 17, verse 22 and 23, I want us to look at together because this is a scripture for about a year I meditated on. I just dug in deeper and deeper and deeper. I said, God, I just want to understand this. I just want to know what does this mean? So let's put that up on the screen. Let's look at the scripture. And I got to tell you, I, I feel like a child when I read this because I had no clue. Even though I've been studying and meditating on it, it just has, it's, just, it's just so overwhelming to me. He says, Jesus said, I have given them the glory you gave me. He's talking about um, our future home with him on the new earth and all the cool things he's going to do. And he says, so that they may be one, Father, as we are one. Now imagine how one the Father and the Son and the Spirit are. That's pretty cool. He said, I am, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. Now watch this. This overwhelms me. I, I, I don't know what to think about this. That you sent me and that you love them. God, you love Dennis. You love Brenda. You love my children, my grandchildren. You love every single person. How do you love them? You love them as much as you love me. Let that wash over you. That the Father loves you as much as as he loves Jesus. You see, when we talk about Christian atheist, someone that doesn't know him, you know, I I believe, but I don't know him. I believe, but I don't fear him. I believe, but I'm not all in. And today we're going to discuss, I believe, but I don't trust him. See, it all begins with you opening up your heart to that kind of love. You cannot muster up knowledge of God. You can't muster up fear of God. You can't muster up all in. You can't force yourself to do it. All you can do is respond to his wonderful love that he has for you. And please understand, if you will allow yourself just to open up your heart a little bit, close your eyes and meditate on him and see the Father loving you, in the same way he loves Jesus. And allowing that love. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 18. Even says that the father rejoices and dances over you. Song of Solomon verse seven, uh, chapter 7 verse 10. It even says that, that he desires us. Now if you let his love invade you in such a way. That you know that he's rejoicing and dancing over you. Think about that. And that he desires you and that he longs for you and that he wants you. 
He wants you. Then you're going to be overwhelmed. And your response back will be, God, I want to know you deeper. Your response back will be, God, you're created me with purpose and you're awesome and you're all-knowing and you're all-powerful and you're everywhere and I have this reverent fear of you and I want to obey you, God. When you let that love wash over you, you say, God, this is incredible. I'm all in. And then today, if you let that love wash over you, you'll find that your trust will grow deeper and deeper every day. So let's look at our passage from Proverbs chapter 3, and let's reflect on a few words from Scripture and see what it has for us. Trust in the Lord, okay, with all my heart, not a little bit of it, but all in. I'm going to trust Him with everything I've got. And then, Dennis, do not depend on your own understanding Oh my goodness, I've done that so many times and I've messed my life up in incredible ways. uh, Don't depend on it. Trust. And then he says, seek, Dennis. Seek his will in all you do. And look what God's going to do for me. He will show you which path to take. Now, I've got to be honest with you. In my life, let me share with you how I interpret this scripture. Look at this. This is from the preferred version of the Bible. Trust in the Lord with part of your heart. Oh, yeah, okay, God. And depend fully on me, my great wisdom, my great understanding. I'm all-knowing, not. I'm all-powerful, not. I'm everywhere, not. But you know what? Depend on your own understanding. That's my partially surrender. Seek his will. If you agree with it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? God and I have this thing. He's kind of like, doesn't really care if I agree with him or not. You know? Seek his will if you agree with God. And believe, Dennis, that you can determine best which path to take. Boy, that's the partially surrendered version and that kind of looks like me sometimes. What about you? So why do we struggle with trusting God? Why? Well, first of all, we struggle with trusting God simply because we see suffering everywhere. We see genocide. We see poverty. We see murder. We see death. We see suffering in people's lives. We have personal suffering in our own lives that we struggle with. We go through divorces. We go through sickness. Relationships break up. We, we see hurt. We, we, we feel dishonored and disrespected. We just have suffering everywhere around us. And so we experience and we see that suffering. And we, gosh, we just wonder, can we trust God? We're depressed. We're lonely. We're sad. We have dreams that aren't fulfilled. 
We have purpose and desires and we pursue after and it doesn't happen. We have financial ruin. We go bankrupt. We, we, we start down a journey we think is going to be successful and then it's not successful. And we hurt inside. We suffer. We wonder, oh God, where are you? And then the second reason is that we have these two haunting questions that's always there. The first question is, why, God, are you allowing this to happen to me? I'm your son. Why, why is this happening? And then the second question we ask ourselves is, God, why don't you stop this from happening? Why don't you fix my relationship? Why don't you heal my body? Why don't you let my career explode and take off? Why don't you bless my finances? God, why are you letting this happen to me? We ask those two questions, and those two questions, they haunt us. They're always there. They're always lurking in the back of our mind. And we question, can we trust God? Let's look at several arenas that we struggle with trusting God in. The first one, we trust who is he? Does he really love me? Am I really fully forgiven? Am I accepted in the beloved? Am I significant in God's eyes? Am I secure with him? Does his grace reaches me? I know it reaches everyone else, but I know the secrets of my life. I know the things that nobody else knows. Does he really love me? So we struggle with trusting God's love for us. Is it true? Is it real? And then we struggle with our own spirituality. People say, read the Bible. I don't know the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. Is there even, how does that all work out anyway? People quote scriptures and I go to church, I yay God. And then I leave as yay me. So we struggle with our own spirituality. We struggle with our relationships, our marriages. I share with you how Brenda and I went through a tense three or four months of counseling this year because there were some hurdles in our life, some brick walls we couldn't get past and how God ministered through counseling to, to help us get past that. But we struggle in our relationships. We struggle in our marriages. We struggle with our children. We love them. We want them protected. We struggle. God, do I have what it takes to raise this young son? Do I have what it takes to raise this? Or she and he can be all that you wanted them to be? God, they're sick. What do I do? God, we struggle trusting God with that and with our self-image. We look in the mirror and we say, or we look in the mirror and we say, you know, Whatever. We struggle with coming to terms with who we are in God's eyes. We struggle with our finances. They say I'm supposed to tithe. Those people, they just want my money. We don't want anybody's money. God doesn't even want your money. He wants your heart. Wherever your heart is, your money will go. All right? We try entertainment. Boy, what, 50, 100 years ago... A word was used and gone with the wind, and it was, now there's full-blown nudity in front of you everywhere. Do we watch it? Do we not watch it? Do we support it? Do we not support it? We struggle with entertainment, spending habits. You know what? If I'm bummed out, if I'm defeated, go spend more money. My pattern is go get a nice steak and go out to a movie. (laughs) 
So when my wife and I had conflict, <laughs> oh, oh, the kids would call me, invariably, one of them would call me and say, yeah, you're out for a movie. Is Brenda with you? <laughs> but those were the patterns, <laughs> patterns of the past, you know? But those, 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 those spending habits. And, and then, and then uh, by the way, my wife used to always get so frustrated with me because she, <laughs> she didn't know how I could sleep when we were frustrated with each other. Tylenol PM. <laughs> it works. It works great. You know, it works great. Uh, we struggle with our health and diets. You know, how do I eat right? You know, you know, how do I take care of my body? And we struggle with our careers and achievements and, and success and our dreams. And we struggle with our sexuality. We, and we live in such a rampant age where, where sexual uh, immorality is everywhere. And we struggle with that. And, 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 and God calls us to be faithful and pure to one spouse. You're not married for you to wait until marriage and to give yourself fully to that other person. But we struggle with that. We don't only struggle with that outward, but we struggle with our sexuality within marriage. Am I fulfilling my spouse? Is he or she fulfilling me? We struggle with that. We struggle with romance. Those warm, fuzzy feelings. That, that high that you get because, wow, because you feel loved by, by this person called Call your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. So we struggle with all of these things. And these struggles are real. And you see, what happens, what happens is if we don't learn how to move in and to trust God and his word as it relates to all these issues in our life, then we become the brick wall that is stopping our own faith journey. And we create prisons, and we're the person within the cell. And sometimes we don't even know it. So it's important as we look at all these issues in your life that we come to an understanding of God's will and God's purposes for us, and that we pursue it and move forward. So let's go back you have to look at these things. Let's go back to Proverbs 3 one more time. Look at this again. Trust now. Your marriage, your children, your career, your spirituality, your image of yourself, your, 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 your focus on God. Trust, trust, trust in the Lord, Dennis with your marriage, with your finances, with your career, with your spirituality, with your children, with your grandchildren. Trust in the Lord with everything you got. With everything you got. Do not, Dennis, depend on your own understanding. Don't try to do it your way. Hear my voice. Draw near to my heart. Know my purposes. Know what my will is for you. And then, Dennis, seek me. Seek me, seek me, seek my will in everything you do. You guys, do you guys see these verbs? Trust, don't depend, seek. And look what he says he's going to do for me if I do those things. He, God, will show me the path. 
to take. Isn't that cool? Now, I want to step back and I want to share with you three or four things that I think. I want to enter into this conversation about how we grow trust. And there's volumes and there's books and, and there's tons of scriptures to read. But I want to engage you in three or four ways that we can grow trust in our Father. The first one is from this word, seek. Seek his will. It's the Hebrew word, yada. And it literally means this. It means to come to know God through, number one, observation. Number two, reflection. And number three, experience of him. See, if you make your first priority, and, and, I, and I have to bring on my wife because my morning, she usually wakes up around 4.35, 5.30. And I can't tell you how many mornings I, I will wake up and I go downstairs and to our, we have a bar that overlooks our, our uh, what's it called? A, uh, an island. Thank you, not a bar. <laughs> we have an island. And, and I wake, I come out there and Typically, she's there with tears coming out of her eyes because I know she met with God. I know that the Holy Spirit is doing something inside of her. You know? And I know that she's going to move from what that experience is in her life. See, that's yada. I cannot help you know God. I cannot help you know your spouse. I can share with you some concepts, but you're the one that has to do the work. See, you can say you don't want to trust all you want, but if you choose not to spend time alone with God, meditating, observing his ways, reflecting on him, saying, God, I don't want to leave without experiencing you. I want to experience you all day long. If you cannot do that on your own, then you'll never come to a place of really knowing him, fearing him, being all in, and trusting him. But I don't know what I want you to, I want you to know that God wants to meet with you personally, one-on-one. He wants to reveal his heart to you. He wants you to know he knows your heart, and he accepts you fully right where you are. Are. See, God loves you not for who you should be. God loves you for who you are. Let me say that again. God loves you not for who you should be. But God loves you right where you are for who you are right now. And he's saying, come and yada me. Observe me. Reflect on me. Meditate on me. Experience me. You see, if you imagine life. This is how we see our life so often. We have finances, God, marriage, kids, God, career. It's like a wheel and, and all these spokes. And God is one of the spokes. See, that, it's not going to work that way. God's not a spoke. God's the hub that holds everything together. See, your, your intimacy with God, your relationship with your God, your yada with God is what's going to help your marriage be better. It's what's going to help you parent your children wisely. 
It's what's going to help your finances be in line. It's what's going to bring forth the career and the profession that he desires and dreams for you. It's that relationship with God that all these other things come out of. So the first thing in developing trust with Abba, with Daddy God, is you have to spend time with him. Two things about spending time with Abba. Number one, talk to him. Converse with him. As you're driving down the road, as you're going down the hall at work, as you're, as you're playing a game, as you're, just talk to him. Say, God, I invite you to be a part of my day all day long. God, this peer at work don't know what to do, but I ask you to help me to have wisdom and, and to direct me on how to love and, and be all that you've called me to be. And just talk to God. Just talk to him. How many of you know that you cannot have a meaningful relationship with anyone that you don't talk to? It's not going to happen. So just talk to God. Number two, meditate upon his word. And I'm not saying start a journey from Genesis through Revelation. I'm going to read it all in one year. That's good to do. If you'd like to do that, I'm I'm not, you know. But I'm saying digest his word. Just what I did in John 17, 22 and 23. I spent a year on that passage. Saying, God, I need to understand this. I spent a year on Matthew 11, chapter 11, verse 28, where it says, Come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. I was weary. I was heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. I said, God, I don't know what that rest is. I don't want to leave. I don't want to go to verse 29 until I experience verse 28. So open up God's word and say, God, I want to experience this. I want you to make this word alive in me. I want to yada you. So if you want to have a walk where you truly know him, where you fear him, where you see your life more and more all in, and you're trusting him, you've got to spend time alone with him, talking with him. And then the last thing, Relate to other brothers and sisters in the Lord who's on the same journey with you and talk to each other about it. Tell me about your journey. Tell me what your experience is with God. Tell me what you're discovering. Let's pray for one another. Let's encourage one another. Everybody okay with Yada? Easier for me to talk about than it is to do. I want to encourage you to Yada God. Come to know God. Come to know Him deeply and intimately. Number two, it's important for me to say this. We now live in the not yet season of time. See, we want God to do a lot of cool things. But I want you to know, this world that we live in is under a curse, right? My body is still under the curse. I'm dying. I'm decaying. That's what the Bible says. We live in the not yet time of God's plan for us. Now, I want you to see this. Some of you have seen this. Francis Chain made this a reality. This rope, imagine it going for 10,000, 10,000, and a trillion miles. This little orange here, it represents Earth. The old earth, because one day, and we're going to start talking about this next week, God's going to create a new earth, a new heaven. But right here represents the new, the, the old earth and the time of earth. And somewhere in there, there's a little dot 
that represents the year 2018, that represents your life. Now, this is what I want you to understand. This is the incredible awesomeness of God. You ready? If you get this, what I'm about ready to tell you, it, it, will, it will significantly impact your life. You, in this little period of time called your life, I'm 59 years old. I don't know how long God has for me. But in this little period of time, I get the high honor of showing God I love him no matter what. No matter what. That's an honor I have. God's given that to me to say, Dennis, through sickness, are you going to love me? Yes, God, I'm going to love you. Through death of your parents, are you going to love me? Yes, God, I'm going to love you. Through death of a child, are you going to love me? Yes, God, I'm going to love you. Through bankruptcy, are you going to love me? Yes, God, I'm going to love you. Through divorce, are you going to love me? Yes, God, I'm going to love you. And God, I will live my life in such a way where I am going to love you with all my... That's the honor he's giving you. Imagine that. He's poured out his love for you. He's giving you all this to look forward to. And you're going to learn a lot about that the next three weeks. All this. And here you are. Here you are. And he's saying to you and I, what are you going to do with the life that I have given you? We're not, we are living in the not yet time. This time's coming. This time's coming. Yes, it is. For all those who receive Christ, you're going to see an incredible new earth, explosive new heavens. You're going to have a new body. You're going to have, I've got to stop because we're going to talk a lot about this in the next few weeks. But this is the season we're living in right now. And don't let the evil one who's in control of this whole world right now, the curse that we're living, don't let him steal the opportunity that you and I have to love God with all that we have right now. So we live in the not yet time of life. And then the third thing I want to share with you is... just got to say it. Suffer well. Suffer well. It's not going to go away. Let me share with you a story. Malcolm Smith, in his book, Spiritual Burnout, impacted my life years ago. He tells a story where there's a mountain and on top of this mountain, there's these big stones that roll down the mountain. Okay? And you and I are on the journey of climbing the mountain. It's called life, right? And every once in a while, we get hit with a stone. And there's four ways that we can respond to that stone that we're hit with. Are you ready for this? The first one... I can be the naive, um, uh, I don't want to, 
I want to be careful what I'm saying here. Um, I, I, I want to be the person who has pseudo-faith, and so I'm not going to acknowledge anything I get hit with. So here comes this stone. Bam! I didn't get hit with anything. Did you get hit with something? I didn't get hit with anything. Here it comes. Bam! No, no, I'm fine. I got cancer in my eyes. I don't have any cancer in my body. I'm not going to say what's true about my physical experience in my body. I'm getting hit with these stones. But no, I, did. I didn't get hit with any stone. Did you get hit with stones? I didn't get hit with stones. No, brother, there's no stones out there. Second stone, second camp. It comes down, and they get hit with a stone. It's like, oh, life is so tired. It's so hard. It's so weary. The stones just keep bashing me and hitting me. And Man, it's just, life just, it's just terrible, isn't it? No, that's not a good place to be. Oh, got to talk about the third stone. The stone comes down, and we look at that stone and say, Stone, in the name of Jesus, be gone. Stone, I said it, so we name it and claim it, and we try to make it go away, and we use the Lord's name almost blaspheming because we believe that it's power to make the suffering in my life go away, and it was never designed to be that. And then there's the fourth way we can look at the stones. In our life. And that is the stone comes. By the way, I kept hitting myself in the head. (laughs) The stones can't come. Are you ready? And we embrace the stone. And we look to the Father and say, God, what do you want me to do with the stone? Sometimes he's going to say, roll with it for a while. Sometimes he's going to say, in the name of Jesus, cast it out. Okay? Sometimes he's going to say, carry it. But see, when suffering comes into my life, I'm going to suffer well. And the way I suffer well is I look to the Lord for his strength. Seek his will, right? Isn't that what our scripture says? Seek his will. I look to him for his strength and carrying this stone. And sometimes... He says, call the elders of the church, confess your sins, have them anoint you with oil, and pray for you to be well. Amen. And God heals in a wonderful way. Sometimes he says, your marriage is on the rocks. So submit to my unconditional love for your spouse and wash your spouse's feet and serve them. And you stay in covenant with him or her all the days of your life, no matter what it takes. Sometimes he says, yeah, finances, out of whack. Your spending's out of whack. I want you to start giving some away. Find someone who's not privileged. Find someone who's poor. Buy a bag of groceries. Sometimes he works you through that suffering by getting you to get out of yourself and give it away. But what I'm doing now, I'm now leaning not on my own understanding, but I'm trusting him to guide me and to speak to me and to tell me what to do with the experience of suffering that I have. 
in my life. All right. I want to end with the child. Is that okay? There's three things. Yada. Yada God. Come to know him. He loves you. He wants you. Right? Understand the season of time you're living in. You're living in the not yet season of time. Your one day is going to be living in the yet time. See, you're living the not yet. One day he's going to mend every hurt. He's going to heal every pain. He's going to reconcile every relationship. That's going to happen, but not necessarily right now. And then the third thing, understand and suffer well. Now, if there's ever a chapter of the Bible that should be on your mirror, you looking at it, if Psalms 100, that's kind of what I think. You may hear, I don't it might be Genesis chapter 1. Just put one up there, okay? <laughs> but look at this, Psalms 100. Look at this passage. This is, this is what I'm going to end with. So the band can come up. It says, shout with joy to the Lord. Ah! Thank you, God. Bless you. How do you do that? Shout to him. Worship the Lord with gladness. God, I love you. No matter what, I shout your holiness. Your, I, I love you. I adore you. I worship you with glad heart. Come before him. Sing with joy. Man, sing. There's something cool about just singing with joy to the Lord. I do that under my breath because I don't have a good singing voice. But, you know, and then what? look at this. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Acknowledge him. Everything. Keep that on the front of your mind. The Lord is God. The Lord is God. The Lord is God. And watch this. He made me. And we are his. We, Dennis, myself, put your name in there. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Yes. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. By the way, do you know when the sheep entered the gates of a city? Do you know what was going on when they were doing that? It's when they were being led to be sacrificed on the altar for the sins of the people. And he's saying to us, a sheep, enter his gates, lay down your life, abandon your life. Listen, may I ask you a question? Is there any better way for you to spend your life than to follow God? See, when you give your life, when you abandon your life, when you lay down your life and say, God, I give my life on the altar for you, then I enter his case with thanksgiving. Go into his course with praise. Now watch this. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This is the three things that you're going to begin experiencing in your life. For the Lord is good. You're going to know his goodness. His love continues forever. You're going to know his love deeper and deeper every day. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. My friends, I want you to know that God is good all the time in every circumstance. And he's got a purpose for all that we go through. So trust him. I want you to know that his love will never end. His love will continue forever.
never end for you. So trust him. And I want you to know that he is always faithful. Even in the moment, you may not understand it. The circumstances aren't happening the way you want, but I want you to know when it's all sudden and death, I guarantee you, you're going to look back and you're going to see God's faithfulness. Let's stand up, please. Join hands with the person next to you. Please. Now, Father, we desire to be Christians that really know you. We know you. We yacht you. We love you. We adore you. God, we desire to be followers of yours, Christians that that have a great reverence and fear. We balance grace and truth, and, and, we, and we come together in the, in the spirit of humility and holiness, wanting to obey you in every area of our life. And God, we want to be Christians who's all in all the time. And God, we want to be Christians that trust you. We trust you. We trust that you're good all the time, that your love never ends for for us, and that you're always faithful. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we believe. Amen.